Welcome to the ministry of Faith Community Church of Indianapolis. We pray this message by Pastor John Roberts is a blessing to you. To learn more about Faith Community Church, please visit us at FCCIndianapolis.com. He says, for that day will not come unless two things happen. The falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Talking about the Antichrist, a specific person. So he said, there's two things that have to happen here. We have to have the, 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 the falling away, and we have to have the Antichrist revealed. Well, what does it mean by this word, falling away? It's the Greek word apostasia. And it's, it's a compound word. It's literally apo, which means to draw something apart, to pull it away. Or histomy, it means a firm foundation. So it literally can have, it, it means to pull something off of its foundation. That, the, the, the church at large has interpreted that falling away to mean the church at large is going to lose their faith. And they're going to fall away and become more and more worldly and more and more like the world. We are seeing that today. You see it mainly in the mainline denominations. You know, God's frozen chosen. I mean, to where they're, they're, they're uh, um, ordaining homosexuals. They're, you know, there was a church on the north side of Indianapolis. Well, this is back, um, Matt told me about it. So we're going back 10 years, 11 years when Matt was here. They, they, they had literally, because this was, this was kind of a thing with TV shows, they, they would name the, the naked archaeologist or the naked this, and it, it meant they were using that as a metaphor, meaning open and exposed, and it was just kind of a thing that, you know, Hollywood gets these little sayings and they just run with them. Well, this pastor was having a naked Bible study. And turned out he wasn't using it as a metaphor. He literally was having a naked Bible study where when you came, the first thing you had to do is take all your clothes off to participate in the Bible study. And it's like, really? <laughs> and you call your church Christian. And they did. That's deception. Those people are falling away. They are forgetting the, the calling, if they ever knew the calling, they're, they're looking to other things besides Jesus to promote. They have what, what Peter would describe a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. That denying the power does not mean that they're non-Pentecostal. It means they deny the power of the Holy Spirit in regeneration and sanctification. That's what the, the denying the power. It has nothing to do with tongues and the power gifts and laying hands on the sick and all of that. It means they don't believe in the new birth, which always has puzzled me how you can call yourself a Christian and not believe in the new birth, but believe me, there are a lot of places out there that do that. So he says, this falling away happens, but there is an alternative translation or interpretation of that word apostasia. And there are several Bible translations that will say that that apostasia here does not mean people falling out of the faith. It means God separating people pulling them off of the foundation of the earth. It's talking about the rapture event. Personally, I think it means both. I think he's saying that, that when, and I'll tell you why I think it can mean both. 
there is a part if you don't stay plugged in you will walk into you will walk into and find yourself in deception and you will get pulled away and you will lose your faith you may not lose your salvation but you will live like the world and believe me there are a lot of christians that they're christians they're going to be in heaven you're going to be shocked by some of the people to make it to heaven you're also going to be shocked by some of the people that you expected to be there that won't be there that's where Jesus said there's going to be some in that day that say, but Lord, we preached in your name. We did miracles in your name. And he said, depart from me, I never knew you. Now that one, that sends cold chills down my spine. But this can mean that the church has departed, but part of the people who call themselves Christians are getting so caught up in deception, they're becoming more and more worldlike to where there is a dividing line. In fact, in men's prayer a few weeks ago, we were having a discussion, and somebody asked me about this, and they said, I said, the big sign that I see, the greatest sign I see that, that we're getting close to the end is there is no middle ground anymore. You're either on fire or you're on fire for the devil. There's very little wiggle room in the middle. There's no gray area. It's just disappearing. You're gonna, you, it, this is not a time when you can... Be neutral. You know, the Swiss, famously, in, in pretty much every war, they've remained neutral. Well, they would have remained neutral until Hitler took over the world, and then Hitler would have taken them over, too, by that time. But there's no neutrality in this war. You've got to pick a side. But once we're gone, if, if, and I think it does mean the snatching away, then the, son of, the man of sin can be revealed. And he, here's why I say that. Let's, let's start back with verse 3, and I want to read through. He says, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come, talking to the day of the Lord, unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is the Antichrist during the tribulation period. Verse 5. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know, notice this verse, these next few verses. Now you know what is restraining, what's holding back the revealing of the Antichrist, that he may be revealed in his own time or in the proper time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, only he who restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Now the question is, who is that he who restrains? Because there are, I've heard two thoughts on this. One is that at the end of the church age, the Holy Spirit will be removed from the planet. It's the Holy Spirit that is restraining the Antichrist. And when he's removed, then the Antichrist can be revealed because the Holy Spirit's not here to oppose him. There's one small problem with that theological thinking. During the tribulation period, there's going to be a lot of people born again. And you cannot get, a born, get born again unless the Holy Spirit draws you. So how do they get born again if the Holy Spirit is not on the earth working? But who is, if, if it's not the Holy Spirit, then who is that He who is restraining? It's the body of Christ. It's us doing our job, occupying, making disciples, walking in authority, preaching the word. 
keeping ourselves from deception so that we can bring other people out of deception. Now, I will be honest with you. That's hard to do. It's hard to stay out of deception for one thing, but it's hard to preach the word to people that are hostile to the word because there's a price to pay. You, you, you share with someone who is openly gay and proud of it. I mean, when Pride Month comes, man, they put on their rainbow shirt and they walk around and they say, I'm a homosexual and I like it. And you say, okay. But if you ever want to come out of your perversion, there is a way. You've just become a homophobe. You meet some, a man dressed in a woman's dress, and you say, when you want to come out of that perversion, there's a way. You're now a transphobe. You, you, you deal with kids that, that don't know whether they're a boy or a girl, because, you know, they're the, one of the, you know, it, it, this is, <laughs> it's gotten so weird out there. I, I watched a, a segment, Pierce Morgan, the, the journalist, pretty, pretty good journalist, but he's, he's a man of the left. And he's back in Great Britain, and he's interviewing these, these two people, and they have a list that they want, and he's, he works for the BBC now. They have a list of 155 gender classifications <laughs> that the announcers have to use. You need to identify people using one of these 155 different gender... gender and Pierce Morgan, who's just as liberal as you could be, you would think, if anything, he might probably... And he's looking at these guys, you could just almost see him grabbing his head. Are you, are you ridiculous? There's no way you can do this. There are not 155 genders. One of them is... is, is um, um, not trans... Um, oh, I lost it now. Basically, it means... Whatever I feel like at the moment, that's my gender. I can get up in the morning and I feel like a guy. So I put on my pants and I walk around as a guy. And then sometime in the morning, it's like, nah, I think I feel like a girl now. So I go take my pants off and put my dress on. And I do that for a while. And then it's like, you know, and, and this is, I'll show you how far out the, one of them, it's, it's like, I don't, you know, I really don't know if I'm a guy or a girl. I'm not sure I'm not an alien. So I'm going to go put on my spacesuit, and I'm going to be an alien gender now. I mean, they, this, is, this is people right and left are grabbing their heads saying, how crazy can it get? Well, the reason this is happening, let's go to Matthew 24. In Matthew 24, this is where Jesus had told the disciples, remember, they're expecting the kingdom to come into being right now. Jesus is going to declare himself king, run the Romans out. We're starting the kingdom right now. And Jesus has told them, guys, this ain't happening now. In fact, the temple is going to be destroyed. And they, they ask him three questions. Um, when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming? And what is the sign of the end of the age? And Jesus starts answering these questions in verse 4. This is Matthew 24, 4. Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Here again. Just like Paul said to the Thessalonians, Don't allow deception to come into your life. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. 
We've seen that. I've seen that in my, my lifetime. The Reverend Sung Young Moon. I am Jesus. Um, there, there's been so many people over the centuries that have stood up and said, I'm Christ. <clears throat> but it's getting more and more. In fact, there, there is a, a, a Catholic priest right now who he is basically he's preaching and he's got quite a following that is, um, declares that you can see, you will find Christ in a lot of different places. Buddhists find Christ in Buddha. Muslims will find Christ in Muhammad. No, you find Christ in one man, and his name was Jesus. Jesus is not his last name, it's his title. And he is the only Christ that has ever existed, ever will exist. But people are getting deceived into thinking, well, I can find God anywhere. No, you can find him in Jesus and Jesus alone. It's the only name by which a man can be saved. But, but Jesus says here, look, there's going to be a lot of people that say they're me. Don't believe them. Don't allow them to deceive you. And you will hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. That word sorrows doesn't mean like I'm feeling sad, weeping. It's talking about a woman coming into labor. You know, most women, when they start into labor, they will be in labor for days before they ever feel the first contraction. Labor starts very gently. It's one of the very few positive feedback loops in the human body. Uterus gets stretched so thin and when it gets thin enough, it's, it, it starts emitting a little chemical. And that chemical goes to the brain, and it triggers the release of more of that chemical. And, and then the uterus will contract a little. And the contraction will stimulate a little more production of that chemical, which causes another contraction, which that contraction will, in the presence of that increased part of that chemical, and I, I, I used to know the name, I forgot it now. It slipped out. Um, will produce, and it just keeps making more and more and more and more. And, and then the farther it goes, the stronger the contractions are, the closer the contractions are together until the moment of birth. That's what Jesus is saying. These things are going to happen, but they're going to get more intense. They're going to get closer together, and they're just going to keep going and keep going and keep going until my kingdom is born. That's how the kingdom's going to come. And I'm, I'm, I don't have time to go into all of the details here. But that's where we are. The contractions are getting pretty, pretty close and pretty severe right now. <clears throat> What's the answer to that? How do we occupy? How do we do all this? James 4, 7. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee for you. Part of our job is not just to preach the gospel, but to also rebuke the devil. You have to stand up against him. You, just, you cannot be passive in this world. Passivity will let you be conquered. You will get deceived if you're passive. You cannot walk in passivity. 1 Peter 5.5, 5, that was James said that. Peter says the same thing. Uh, likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. Be clothed with humility. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. We need to be submissive to one another because God will give us grace then, and we can stand in that grace. That's why I said in, in 2 Thessalonians, 
He who restrains, we are restraining him. We are restraining the Antichrist. What we're seeing in these birth pangs of the next age is, is the Antichrist, the devil, trying to bring his kingdom. He's still fighting. He is defeated, but he is still warring. You know, the, 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 the two greatest miracles that we've seen in warfare, one was at the end of our Civil War. General Grant had the, the wisdom to realize that he, he could not punish the armies of the South. When he signed that, that treaty ending the war in Virginia with, with General Lee, he gave them generous terms. He said, keep your guns. Don't give up your guns. You need to go home and hunt to feed your families. Keep All you have to do is get rid of your, your heavy weapons. Go home. Everything's forgiven. The end of, and, and the reason that was smart, if they had gone home, and gone into guerrilla warfare, civil war would never have ended. Or it would have taken years and years to end, if it would have ended. This warfare is, is the devil warring against God in a guerrilla fashion. He still thinks he can bring his kingdom in, even though he's been conquered. And he's going to keep fighting and fighting and fighting, till the end of that age, when Jesus, when Jesus finally puts him in the lake of fire, it'll, that will be sealed and it'll be over. Until then, we are his body and we still have to resist that devil. We still have to occupy. We still have to preach the gospel. Now, <clears throat> let me give you an example. And, and this, when I thought of this, this illustration... And I'm going to use politics, but it, it really has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with how our society has changed in one really big view. If you remember back, and I know all of you can remember back at least this far, um, to the presidential election in 2008, Hillary and, 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 and President Obama were running against each other in the primaries. And both of them declared openly that they believed that marriage was between one man and one woman. Now, I don't know. I don't know their hearts, but I really suspect they probably neither one of them really believed that. But they said it for one reason. They knew if they openly said, I believe in gay marriage, it would cost them votes. The general public would not, would, would punish them for that stance in 2008. You come 11 years forward, Every candidate on the left says gay marriage is the right thing to do, and probably 98% of the, of the candidates on the right would agree with them. In fact, we can't even agree that there's just men and women. There's 155 different genders out there, according to the, to the ones that are really out on the edge. In 11 years, we've gone to presidential candidates for, for probably their own purposes, say, look, it's men and women, period. To 11 years later, we can't even agree that it's just men and women. There's 155 different ways to classify your gender. That is a perfect example of how the deception is, an, is intensifying. 
there is a huge part of, of the general population, the general public, that believe this nonsense. They, they, they have, you know, Isaiah said, there is a day coming when right will be considered wrong and wrong will be considered right. The people that are preaching the gospel, the people that are preaching the answer, an eternal answer to get out of, of slavery and come into freedom are, are pronounced and declared to be haters. We are haters. <clears throat> I had just here, I was at, at I forget, oh, I was trying to link. I get an email um, of every day about, um, that will link to something in the magazine Christianity Today. And I don't read Christianity Today all the time, but sometimes there's an article in there. That's, I'm interested in that, so I'll read it. Well, I'm here. The, the school uh, supplies our, our Internet. It all comes through the school, and we have filters on there because you don't want the kids just going anywhere they want to go. Well, I clicked in and hit the link to go to Christianity Today, and the filter popped up and said, no, you can't link there. So I hit, why? <laughs> the caption, the reason it was flagged, it's a hate group. It's a hate group. Christianity Today. It's about the most mainline, mild-mannered Christian magazine you will ever read in your life. But they had been labeled by some group somewhere as a hate group, and the filter just threw it in there. So I hit appeal, put down my reasons. Next day I got a letter that said, yeah, that, was, that wasn't right. Well, that, that one, we, we've cleared that out for but the, my point is, somewhere somebody says, Christianity Today, you hate, take on the name of Christ, you're a hater. Automatically, you are a hater. Focus on the family's been, been labeled a hate group. Why? Because they preach Christ. They preach Christ and they stand against the deceptions of our time. That's our call. Not just to stand against, and, and, and don't misunderstand me, our call is not to, to throw rocks and call people sinners. The vast majority of the time, you don't have to tell someone their, that their behavior is a sin. They know it. Now, they may have, have masked their, their, their um, conviction. You want me to be honest? The whole reason we have Gay Pride Month is because the homosexuals have to declare that this is okay because they know in their heart it's not. And they fight against that. They're fighting so hard not to live with the guilt because the Holy Spirit is... And now, you go long enough, you'll, you'll, you will sear your conscience and you will feel nothing anymore. <clears throat> when that happens, you're in dangerous territory. But we can't allow that we don't throw that you're a sinner you're a sinner you're a sinner or, or, or if they're really bad they're a sinner no people know they're sinning we just have to say Jesus is the answer and love them it's amazing now that sometimes they may not feel loved but for me how do I do this and this is where it links in the last week how do I make sure I don't stay deceived I have to stay in the Word. I have to stay in the Word. And I have to declare the Word. Let me give you two, two verses. 
Matthew 12, 37, this is Jesus. He's talking about a, a tree will be known by its fruit. He said, and he ended up that thought, by, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. God puts a lot of value on what comes out of your mouth. We say some things that just ought not to ever be uttered. Paul reflected the same thought, Romans 3, 4. He quoted Psalm 51. Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true and every man a liar. As it is written, you may be justified in your words and you may, be, and you may overcome when you are judged. That's I, or Psalm 54 or 51.4. This is, and this is David, Psalm 51.4. David, what he, how he responded to Nathan the prophet when Nathan came in and called him on his sin for having adultery with Bathsheba and having um, um, Uriah the Hittite murdered. So David's standing there, the prophet comes in, and the prophet confronts him as a murderer and an adulterer. You may have sinned this week, I doubt the prophet's going to come and say you're a murderer. But this is David's response in verse 4, against you, and you only have I sinned, he's talking to God, and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. He's talking about God's just when he speaks and blameless when he judges. But Jesus turned that around in Matthew 12 and says that about us. A man will be justified by his words and condemned by his words. Primarily by that confession of faith in Romans 10. You believe in your heart, you confess out of your mouth that Jesus is Lord. But even after that, our lives lie in destruction sometimes because of how we talk. We talk defeat. We talk weakness. We talk woe is me. Just like we prayed earlier, we need to get our heads up. We need to look up. We need to look to Jesus and realize I am seated with him in heavenly places. I don't feel like it. I feel like I'm not only, sometimes I'm not just down and out. I'm under the barrel and they've buried about 4,000 pounds of manure on top of the barrel. We all feel that way at times. But when you are that way, that's when you need to grab yourself and say, you need to look up. You don't, I don't talk that way to other people, but believe me, I have to slap myself silly at times. And I know your thought is, wow, you've done that a lot. That was a joke, guys. That was a joke. No. This is, that's what I want to close with, and, and again, and I know I've done this a lot lately, I want to end with a challenge. We, as the body of Christ, and me as a, a, a part of that body in particular, we read it in, in Romans 12, I am part of the body, God has given me grace gifts, He's given me a job, I have something that I'm supposed to do, I need to get about my business and occupy so he can come back. I need to restrain the devil first and foremost in my own life. You know, I, I, I've used this, and I'll, I'll, I promise this will be my last illustration. And I hope, well, I think I'm fairly safe. If I ask Mark, Mark, I want to learn Russian. Will you teach me Russian? 
So you're telling me you can't teach me Russian? Why? Well, you just don't like me? I'm not worth learning. It's not worth your time. You don't think enough of me. What's the problem? Why won't you teach? Mark, I need to learn Russian. Why won't you teach me Russian? You don't know Russian. You can only give what you've got. That's why all of this responsibility first falls on me. I can't give the world what they need if I don't have it and walk it in my own life. I can only give what I've got. So I need to control my mouth about myself and my life and clean up my world. Judgment begins at the house of God. Judgment begins at my house. i got to judge my heart first, my actions first, my words first, and then when I start to get myself cleaned up, suddenly I've cleaned up my house and the Holy Spirit can start to manifest Himself. Like we mentioned earlier in, in, in the book of Corinthians, or the letter to the Corinthians, He can start to manifest Himself the way He wants to manifest Himself to show people this is not just words. Because I talk about words, but they're not just words. Words are containers for faith and the anointing. And they, were, they are seeds. You can plant them in people's hearts. You can plant them in people. And, they, and if you water them, they will grow. You need to plant them in your, first, in your own heart first. Because remember, that, that seed, that word is a seed, but it's also water. So you can soften the soil of your heart. You can plant seeds because... Well, we've got over here in the little, little alleyway between the two buildings. I had the, the flowers that hung up last year. One of them fell off and found a crack in the asphalt. And there is a flower growing out of the asphalt, has been there all summer. Never watered it, never done anything to it. There's a flower growing out of the asphalt. Why? Because the seed found a crack put roots down, it's starting to loosen the soil. There are places you can go, you can go in my neighborhood, you will have, we have sidewalks. Those sidewalks are heaved and cracked and broken. Why? Because a little seed found its way down there and a little tree broke, came up and that tree has just expanded and destroyed that concrete. And given enough time, it'll break it down into dust and soil and you'll have soil there. We need to soften our own hearts and then preach what we know so that it softens the world's hearts so they can at least have the opportunity to respond. It's going to get harder because the farther the two sides get apart and they're going to get farther apart. The farther they get apart, the harder it is to see truth. But the only hope is if I'm walking in the Spirit and the Spirit can reveal it. Because what I can't do, he can do, and he wants to do it so bad. He wants to do it for us. Because he wants you walking in freedom. doesn't want you walking in the mully grubs all the time. doesn't matter how much money you've got in your bank. doesn't matter what's going on in your life. But if, if, if life is oppressing you, and you're depressed, and oppressed, and you feel rotten, so what if you got nice car, nice house? You know, there, there are people with a lot of nice stuff put a bullet in their head every day because they have no hope. So, challenge. Do this. Work on it. Get in the Word. Feed yourself in the Word. Pray. Do the spiritual disciplines. Believe God to change your heart so you can start standing up to preach the gospel everywhere you go.
Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has blessed you, we invite you to visit us in person at the corner of Highway 31 South and Southport Road, Indianapolis, Indiana, or visit us online at FCCIndianapolis.com.